So I'm standing on side stage. I'm just kind of sitting there minding my own business. I've been on side stage. I'm watching some band. I've been watching them for about 30 minutes. And this girl walks up from behind me and totally just slams into me. And then she goes, oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. And I turn and look, and it's Joan Jett. I love rock and roll. You know, I don't give a damn about my reputation. She's like apologizing <laughs> she, she to me. She gave a damn you know? about her reputation then. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my gosh, here's this like punk rock queen. She's a legend. Yeah. Right. She slams into me on stage and then takes the time to make sure I'm okay. And she like went out of her way to, to apologize. And she was like super, super aware that she totally <laughs> ran into me. And I just think it's funny because, you know, she's, you do think punk rockers are just whatever. I don't give a, you know, about right. nobody. She apologized to me and I thought, you know what? That's a, that's a good little story. I remember to put being her humble and really cool on that tour too. She'd ride her bike, her like BMX bike around, uh, yeah, like the merch area and just like talk to anybody. She was cool. Yeah, she's really cool. So anyway, this this episode we're going to talk about self awareness. What is it? Why is it good? Perhaps. But first, let's read the trolls. Let's just read our our hate mail. Let's just re- let's. We've only really been reading the good stuff because we're we're too self conscious to read the bad stuff. But well, we're flying through life right now, hundred miles an hour, and right. sometimes we don't have time to catalog all the information we're getting from people. But we're loving it. We're right. reading it. But uh, here's a funny one we got from Mike from Australia. He sent it to our Instagram, which is our first message on Instagram. Thanks, nice. Mike. It says, love your podcast, live in Australia, working and managing rabbits. Rabbits. Worst, worst pest in Australia. <laughs> and it's all about creating space for dialogue between land managers, scientists, and the government. I take a lot from the show. You know, we... <laughs> What's up, Doc? It's so good. <laughs> we are helping uh, managers of rabbits uh, <laughs> as pests. They are trolls in the, the ground. And you yeah, have to pull them out little, and figure out what to do with them. Those little rabbit trolls. Uh, that's that was that's pretty random. That's awesome though. Um, creating yeah. space for dialogue between land managers, scientists, and government to try to rid Australia of pests. There's so um, many ways you can you can communicate with us. You can send us a message on Instagram, Twitter, right. message on Twitter, Facebook, right. email uh, trollspodcast.com. You can fill out the contact form. You can even go to our Patreon, and if you're a patron, you can send us a message. I think you can if you aren't a patron though, but. For as little as $1 a month, you get stuff, cool stuff, patreon.com slash don't feed the trolls if you guys want to check that out. Let's give a damn about our reputation, huh? <laughs> <laughs> or should we, Matt? Should we give a damn or should we not give well, a damn? Well, that's what we're going to talk about. That's what we're going to talk about. So here we go. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Nate. And we want to welcome you to Don't Feed the Trolls, a podcast where we discuss trending topics, art, and culture through the lens of our experiences touring the world and creating art vocationally. We hope to bring topics out of the minefield of the comments sections and into the sphere of reasonable dialogue. Thank you for listening. Self-love is a good thing, but self-awareness is more important. You need to once in a while go, oh, I'm kind of an asshole. You have to have that thought once in a while, or you're a psychopath. You know, like when you say to a friend of yours, you're, you're being an asshole, and they're like, no, I'm not. Well, it's not up to you if you're an asshole or not. That's up to everybody else. 
You don't get to say no to that. Welcome to Don't Feed the Trolls, a podcast where we roast without the boast. I don't know if that works. I don't um, know if that works either. I guess I'm, I, I guess I'm saying boast like... like we'll, we'll I'm just critique. thinking of meat right now. Well, lovingly... <laughs> I, if you have to explain it, it's not a good one, I guess. So this this uh, this topic's self-awareness, and uh, basically what self-awareness is, I looked up online. Uh, there's a pathway to happiness.com, has some information. I don't know. I, I don't know where they get it, but it, yeah. it, it had a pretty good quote about self-awareness. Self-awareness is having a clear perception of your personality, including strengths, weaknesses, thoughts, beliefs, and emotions. Self-awareness allows you to understand other people, how they perceive you, your attitude, and your responses to them. In the moment, so it's being aware hmm. of ourselves versus you know being too aware that you can't function, which would be self-consciousness. Um, self-consciousness is defined as being consumed with thoughts of the self, consumed. But self-awareness is what, Nate? It's a capacity for introspection and the ability to recognize oneself as an individual, separate from the environment and other individuals. Right, capacity for introspection, and how that helps, I think, is like. Look within, ha- huh? Yeah, look within. Having friends who can, like, you you have people in your life who can call you out, right, Nate? There was, like, a certain age when this began to happen. You know what I mean? Where you would like, actually accept people calling you out or, or that they started doing it suddenly? Kind of both. Like, I mean, you know, you have college roommates. You try to, you start to have some conflict. It's, right. It's you have not, to live with people. Right. It's not just your parents. And it's not, like, conflict you had when you were growing up. Right. It's, like people you're not used to being in conflict with right you you get in fights and whatever and there's drama in high school but the next day you go to school and it's fine whatever right right you know either you're not friends or you're friends there's this moment when you like fight and then you can't get away from it that person right, right. you have to solve the issue or right. you know you have some major problems you have to move out of this place which or... requires empathy because you have to understand where they're coming from why they are frustrated yeah you know and you have to be aware of how your actions play a role in all that and a lot of people, you know, I think I think in our society can just move, get a divorce. There's all these ways you can just get out of it, right? Right. But the one place you can't if you're in a band. A band or, or or a marriage, you know. A band is like a marriage in a lot of ways. You know, this proximity, you're close, you're stuck together. But you're it's in a weird because there's no there's no sexual benefits no, of really being isn't. in a band. <laughs> in some bands, I guess there they might be. What a crazy combo, being married to your band partner. You know this. I do know a bit about that. I also you're, know about touring with my wife while I was in a band. My, you are leagues of wisdom beyond me, my friend. I don't know how. And we've already struggle, talked about this. I don't know how you yeah. do it. The struggle was insane. Like you said, when you're faced with having to overcome conflict differences and be forced, forced with being aware, people are holding a mirror up to all your BS. And yeah. everyone can see my relationship with my wife because we're all living close proximity. Um, we can see our yeah. What did your band members think of uh, you and Chrissy's relationship? Did they give you like some tips, pointers? Like, oh yeah, they gave us a very bag. poor review. I mean, we never had any time alone, so it was like it. It just bubbled over. Like if there was any tension between anybody, it's like we we never had time to go like work it out. And so now you're. It's like when you get on like a group text message with with a bunch of people. Maybe it's your family, and it suddenly becomes a lot more heated than it needs to be, just because there's a there's an audience. So we just didn't have that one on one thing. That's Anyways, awesome. it really really helped me because you know a few times my wife and I got in some arguments. The band like 
you know, we would have to have this like big band meeting about how it all went down. Yeah. And I would be, you know, it would get thrown in my face, you know, my inadequacies or, or my mismanagement of, you know, relationships or whatever, whatever. And that helped, even though like in our young, younger state, they weren't as lovingly critical. Yeah. It still helped me go, okay, clearly something's wrong. Here's what I want to ask. What? When was like the moment you're in the back seat of the van, you just got in a fight with like your band member, it's quiet, there's five minutes, and you go, Maybe he's right. Yeah. Maybe it's me. Yeah. Maybe I'm the difficult person right now, not them. Yeah. Every point in my life until there's like this moment, it was everyone else's fault. Right. Always. Sure. And like my best friend constantly talks about this. Like he's like I don't think my father, who's almost sixty, has ever once said it was his fault. Once. Right. That's a that's a very that's someone who's living in the ego because the ego has to defend itself. The ego yeah. has to be right, and especially when you make a claim verbally about how you're right, it's so hard to go back on that because it really hurts the ego. And the self is something completely different. We were talking about this with your sister, um, yeah, on the podcast, past, present, and future, and how. You know, the shift from the ego to the self when someone's diagnosed terminally ill. The self is so much bigger than the ego. It's it's not about I, me, mine. It's kind of about us, and it's about connection to a bigger thing. Our egos flare up dramatically when we, when we make a claim or we make a statement or we take a stance. We're going to defend it because we're defending our identity in a way. To me, it's almost like the first time you do it, it's the hardest time. And then you kind of grow to love it almost. When you realize like, that you're wrong. It's like a it's like a confession. Like, yeah. hey, guys, I'm wrong. But it feels good. I'm sorry. But it feels, it feels really good, I think. But then if you go to counseling and you get someone a professional, so right. you just kind of you, you grow to love it. Like, here's how I was wrong this week. And what right. do you think about these things? It feels like you're like getting a massage or you're like <laughs> stretching a muscle. It's like, actually oh. freeing to not defend your ego. To kind of live in the realm where it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to be vulnerable. Uh, when we're open and vulnerable to loving critique, we can be made aware of tendencies or behaviors that can hurt people. And that's couples therapy. That's like when you go to therapy and your wife starts yeah. saying all this stuff and you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize you felt that way. Or I, don't, I didn't realize I did that yeah. and that made you feel this way. And so you learn to sort of empathize, get outside, be aware of your, your actions, be aware of yourself, maybe of your motivations. I can remember, I think in my mid-20s, kind of the day almost that this happened. Sort of the conversation that kind of realized, like, man, I never meant I'm wrong, ever. <laughs> it was awesome. my bandmate, Dan Koch, and he goes, Nate, I kind of don't ever tell you stuff because I know you're going to kind of emotionally react and get defensive, so I just kind of don't say anything. So he basically said, I can't be honest with you as a friend. Yeah, my immediate reaction is just to kind of, like, blast back at him. Yeah. So I thought in a text to you this morning, like, hey – what if we got Dan Koch, who knows both of us real well, to roast the hosts? Right. Come on here. Let's do the segment. Let's do roast the host. We're going to bring a mutual friend on, Dan Koch, as Nate said, um, someone who knows Nate really well, co-founder of his band Sherwood. He's a good friend of me. Um, been friends with him for 10 years or so. And we're going to see if we can um, allow ourselves to be vulnerable, Nate, to someone oh, yeah. who knows us really, really well on the podcast in front of everybody as uh, maybe a, hopefully a way to give permission for other people to do the same with people that they love or friends that they have. Because it, I, I think it really helps us be more aware if we're, we're open to critique. It's not to tear each other down no, or to like, it's to build you each know, other up and, and to make each yeah. other aware of things. And so let's bring Dan on. I'll, I'll call him up right now. So much talking and not enough listening. So can we get it back 
Welcome, Dan, to the podcast. Um, it's funny. We're, t- we're asking, we're calling Dan on to, to give us some constructive criticism about our lives so that we can be more self-aware. Unintentional you're- consequence of giving me the best day of my year. <laughs> well, Dan, you're, you're actually, slam you guys the reason it's good publicly. to have you on is because you're actually really good at asking and hearing criticism. Um, we can talk about responding to it uh, as something completely different. Yeah, but almost too good, Dan. You're almost too yeah, good yeah. at like. I remember at one point someone had had <laughs> criticized you and made some claims about some tendencies that you had, and you went around and you had like a short list of people that you called and asked them to confirm the criticism, which I felt was so <laughs> insane because I was like, who calls people and say, hey, could you please confirm that this that people think of me this way? And yeah. you know, it, it was just like, okay. No one does that. Dan does that. Dan calls around and goes, "Hey, um, I did that one time, which is not to say I I do that, that. You do that, but it's still it's still rare. So let's let's just jump right into it. You've known me for a while, and my ten faults, years now. You know my faults, but let's start with something complimentary before you start tearing me down. You know you butter you butter me up a little bit, and then I'll I'll take it a lot easier. So what do you think are some some of my strengths? Before I do that, I feel like it. I got a note that like the the timing of you guys asking me to do this is like absolutely insane. I just got back from a conference with some very good friends. And what was like, the conference? It was the Festival of Faith and Writing in okay. Grand Rapids okay. at Calvin College. And um, it's an amazing time. The conference itself was very challenging and inspiring. <laughs> the evenings got like really raw and honest. Um, one of was our- that like the purpose of the well we did like, go we went together on purpose like so you guys just we wanted to roast interested. each other no but one of our friends like his little his his little line like as as we would be ending the final keynote speech of the conference around nine his line was beers until we punch each other <laughs> <laughs> which i thought was a joke but like ended up basically being accurate uh in an emotional way <laughs> The thing you just talked about, Matt, like that time when a a friend of mine called me over to his house and kind of laid into me about this stuff that he thought really needed to change. I called you and and a few other people, and I think both of these friends were also people I called about that. So that was about two years ago. Okay. And in the midst of all this kind of criticism that we were leveling at each other in in love, but also violence a little bit, (laughs) not physical violence, (laughs) verbal violence. Uh, masculine violence i asked each of them the question have you seen some change in that in me since that conversation two years ago one of them said oh totally yeah i mean i i've totally seen you grow in a bunch of different ways you know you're a lovely person the other (laughs) friend said can't say that i've seen any change (laughs) (laughs) and i was like all right I probably should be living somewhere in the middle of of those yeah. two answers, right? I mean, like, yeah, I, I'm sure I have changed in some ways, but I also would say that those particular criticisms of me, I think I've I've done like the least amount of growing in, maybe it, compared to other areas that I. Are I you going to be I've honest about in. what those were? Yeah, I mean, sure, I'll I'll tell you. I mean, I I'm not the host here, so people probably don't really care what's going on. Well, just to like kick it off, like you're about to really give us some jabs, so here you go. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Here's how it's gonna Uh, go. Roast until we disconnect from the internet. Well, the main thing, if I could boil it down, was Dan, everybody knows that when you enter a room or a group, you are gonna wanna talk about yourself. You know what's really funny about that, Dan, is I initially asked you what you thought my greatest strengths are, and you just (laughs) 
started no. talking about yourself. It's too good a, con- it's too good a context. <laughs> okay, no, all right. Thought, That's not a judgment. Uh, I'm just saying. Okay, listeners, I think this is. I think what you're saying just, is interesting. Just so you know, listeners, I was told it, pre-taping that we were going to do that, and then I was going to give Matt his strength. So <laughs> okay, I right. was actually bringing us back. I don't know what you guys back. talked about, so I'm out of it. <laughs> I talked with Matt. I was texting with Matt about it before. Okay, so I don't. But so yeah, that is funny. That's one. But criticism. so basically, what kind of came up this weekend is like, even if I'm asking you what you think about penal substitutionary atonement versus Christus Victor, and then we have an hour long conversation about that, and I hear you out, and I'm really interested in your points. It was brought to my attention that I still started that conversation about the thing I wanted to talk about. And rather than asking, starting a conversation with like, hey, how did mm. that thing go that you're doing that I remember that you're doing because I care about you? Right. Um, I don't do that mm. very well. I don't reach out to people very well that I don't have some reason to reach out to that reminds me of it. So basically, Dan, you're an asshole with your own agenda. He, he basically said, everybody knows that you always have an agenda. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, shit, okay. What's the initial feeling you get when you hear something like that? I mean, it was crushing, man. It was like... Do you think that he was wrong in any way, or did you find that maybe he was right? Every single friend I called confirmed what he said, <laughs> including you, so I think he was right. Um, and you didn't call me, Dan. I, you didn't call I, me. Uh, I think Nate, two, painful, years ago, two years ago, that might not have been the best uh, I know, I know. Of our friendship I, to have called sure. you. But I, I confirmed it. I think I confirmed it, but I also said that I don't mind it as much. Um, some people might yeah, be well, bothered Because you, you're it, also a brash but asshole, I also, which we're going we're gonna to get to yeah, later. I'm also a jerk. Any behavior that's abnormal, I find it more interesting to hang out with those types of people, as opposed to people who are riddled with boundaries and, and can't do can't say or do things. I, I just right. I just like the raw personality of people, and you seem to exude that, so it doesn't bother me as much. Well, you like I, the director's cut me. of life, Matt. I do. Yeah, <laughs> Matt wants the, <laughs> yeah Matt wants the director's cut. Oh, Nate, you asked, do I just react or do I sit with it? The the connection is like we talk about your trolls. How do you create? How do you do stuff? How do you get past the negative voices? But oftentimes mm-hmm. you can't if you don't address them. If you don't even say, hey, oh, these are real. They're here. I'm part of the problem sort of you this, to sit like, down and have tea with your negative voices right but sometimes yeah. you don't even know what they are because you're so oblivious right and or someone has to walk out and say hey you know what you're that guy that always talks about yourself and you're like oh ouch you know but then the initial reaction like the average person would punch someone in the face not only do you respond and go oh thanks for saying that but you kind of take it to heart which there's like steps to even get there. You know what I mean? Right. Well, sort of. According to one of the two friends, <laughs> not much uh, progress has been made on, on this in this area of my life. Putting you know. it into putting it into practice is is tough. But, but I'm talking like aw- I would say awareness. Even progress, being aware right? of yeah. it. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. No. Totally. Like, and that's actually, hard if to I do. if I try and count the times, well, there we had a lot of times, Nate, where you did something like this when we were on tour, sort of in a spirit of anger, and I toward you. So yeah. not counting those times, count the times where someone has been like, "Hey, I really got to tell you this because I care about you." Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could. Count I didn't them have on the ability hand. to tell you. <laughs> I could count those on one hand, right? That doesn't happen very often. Someone deliberately sits you down, buys you a cup of coffee, and then writes "asshole" on your coffee cup and hands it to you. <laughs> Actually, Subtle. they wrote it on the bottom of the cup before they put the coffee in. So as you finish your coffee, they say, uh, "I've been meaning to tell you something." <laughs> 
Well, that's so, why we that's why we thought we'd bring you on because you know it's really good, and for the sake of positivity, defeating your trolls, we thought, okay, let's show everyone listening. This is how you get blasted and take it, right? <laughs> so yeah, okay. you can be harsh, and I'm gonna out of the spirit of just non defensiveness, accept whatever. So we actually, yeah. you know what? I don't even need you to butter me up. I don't even need you to talk about my strengths. Uh, let me just at least roll through them. Cause okay. I don't- I don't want it to be all negativity. All right. Okay, well, I guess we'll just get into this. Sure. Uh, I'm going to start with Matt, alphabetically. <sighs> Matt, I'll just roll through some strengths here. Uh, you have a pretty tremendous passion and drive. You decide what you're going to do, what you care about. You do it, and you accomplish it. And it's obvious that you take great care in that. You have a great love for your family and a great capacity of grace and forgiveness toward your friends and your community. Uh, myself included. You're super empathetic, and I think a really good example of that is this kind of multi-year-long um, sort of confusing, dramatic situation you guys have had with the church that you've recently left. Throughout that process, I think I was the kind of person who would have been so much more judgmental of the theology that I didn't agree with or you know, the worship that I didn't connect with, but you guys, you and Christy always were like, you, you really saw the, all the humanity there and the humanness of each person in that church. So it wasn't wasn't a war of ideas. It was like a like an unfortunate battle among really valuable people, hmm. um, or I, like an ideological battle among. So you left real a church. People. I don't even know this. Yeah, Nate. Uh, yeah, no, I re- yeah we Christy and I it's recently you're too went busy, on a spiritual. You're too walkabout. busy not asking him questions about his exactly. life. Exactly. <laughs> I know. I'm just so con- I'm so concerned about myself. No, we're 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 exploring a lot of different uh, church traditions currently. But yeah. Well, you did that text me thing. that you would go to this church in Franklin if you lived in Tennessee. So <laughs> I thought. Yeah. I thought to myself, he might be unhappy with his. I wasn't unhappy. Community. It was just time to. It was one of those things. It was incrementally time to to move on to. I have more goods. Okay. Okay. Um, I love your idealism, and it challenges the part of me that tends to be too pragmatic and or ruled by fear. Yeah, you're a rationalist, man. I want to say that, like, if the practical version of what Christ is calling us toward is to abandon this sort of, like, Darwinian scarcity mindset and move toward a consider the lilies and the sparrows mindset, then Mm -hmm. in that sense, you're a much more godly person than I am because (laughs) you do a much better job of that. And I'm actually starting to believe that that's like maybe the, like the main kernel of the gospel in terms of practical living. So those are your strengths. Yeah. The fun part. Uh, Okay. Sometimes you don't listen to your wife or friends when they have a better or more objective view about something that you have. I can be stubborn. Um, Dude, if, if I'm just going to list these, it's going to be really short. How do you, are you going to argue with me or? No. <laughs> what's the best I, way to I, do The this? whole point is to agree. I we just can talk about okay. it all afterwards. Yeah. Like, okay. All right. Okay. Uh, you totally irrationally commit to some things that are harmful because you can't find a middle ground of healthy involvement. <laughs> so you go too far. Yes, I'm extreme. You go too far. This can be with like substances. Right. Like you're never just like occasionally having a cigarette. You're either smoking a pack a day. <laughs> for a whole tour and or like not smoking any for a whole tour yeah. or a pregnancy period or right. whatever. You can't just like have uh, well, one occasionally or like Yeah, for periods you, of time I can, but my natural tendency is to go, why am I like withholding? I'll just set a date when I'm not going to and then I'll Yeah. Yeah. Well, so and that some of that's fine in just personality. It's but extreme. It, it it also 
comes into ideology. Like your Facebook feed for the last two straight months has just been like Richard Rohr all the time. Yeah. Which Rohr is great. Non-dualistic thinking is great, but he's not like the only rational and holy voice out yeah. there. Yeah. So you like get really onto something and then the <laughs> I think I think Jeffrey pointed this out to me, my wife. Uh my wife, she pointed this out to me of like you'll do a thing where you'll say my wife Christy read this book <laughs> and then you'll expound yeah. like and then yeah. you'll claim it. <laughs> You'll claim that like over and over again for some period of time when you didn't even read it. It's That's the funny. thing is like I'm more interested in the, in the idea than the specifics, like the general idea and the concept as something that I'm mulling around in my mind. But like totally. I could read like here's what I'm saying. I could read Carl Rahner and that would be that would give me like a, a, a you know, give me some some idea of like who informed Roar, you know, as far as a mm -hmm. Catholic guy who who was responsible for a lot of the stuff in Vatican II or whatever. But. I could just read the synthesized version, which is the thing that you're saying that I do. Christy synthesizes whatever book she's reading. She she delivers it to me. I just accept that, the synthesis. Ironically, you only know that Karl Rahner in influenced Vatican II because I told you that after I read a synthesis of that, and I have never read any Karl Rahner myself. <laughs> we are just – we're like in a multiverse – <laughs> tape delay, tape loop no, here. You know, of, you know how I know like about Carl Rahner is because I read it in a Richard Rohr book. <laughs> oh, you did? But I, we've, all right, well, I could have sworn we talked about that. Anyway, no, we have to. We have. Um, so that kind of extremeness and lack of moderation can be harmful not only physically, but also ideologically and whatever. Absolutely. Some, agree. Sometimes. Final one for you, Matt. You are on your phone a lot, even when you're with people. Shut I think it's up! Gotten, I think it's you, gotten a little better. It's you got, gotten are, better. You you are the you are worst not, violator you're not of allowed this. To say, I'm you're not be... allowed to say you do that, hey, Dan. All right. That's, <laughs> I'm not that's being gotta defensive. be rule number one. I remember yeah. I, I specifically recall we sitting at a, a restaurant, sitting at a restaurant with you, Dan, and you like and I was literally in the middle middle of telling you something and you just moved all of your attention to your phone and I sat there and like just stopped talking and looked at you. For a good solid 30 seconds before you looked up and I was like, do you want me to continue? Are you here with me now? Yeah. So, listen, we all have that problem, all right? Yeah. Okay. Okay, but, but I'll, he's, I'll accept He's able to roast you. I'll accept it. I'll accept it. Let him um, roast you, man. All right, I'm just I'm roasting you, man. I'm not roasting myself. If you want right. to roast me, that's fine. All right. You didn't You didn't ask if you could, but I'll, I'll allow it. I'm guilty. And I've heard you criticize me and other people for it, and I've always kind of thought, like, yeah, yeah Matt's kind of, like, one of the more obvious offenders of that <laughs> among my friends. But this is something amazing about humans is you can be so self-aware of everyone else's problems and completely unaware of your own. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. your, yep. your roommate's in college. You know everything wrong with them. And you're not they wrong, try to tell you. But you're not And you're wrong. like, yeah. Furthermore, <laughs> the things that you see in other people are more likely to be your own problems if they really right. bug you. And that's the whole self-awareness thing. When someone yeah. criticizes you, it's just them, themselves. It's a projection of themselves. It's almost like admitting their own flaw. And actually, I want to I want to qualify the phone thing just because I can. When you're involved in a particular project is when that's the case. So like Vocal Few just released the artwork for the record right. or whatever, and then you're like, I w you're gone for an hour yeah. or more. Like you're there, but you're not. I know you're not going to really engage for a while. That's yeah. more what I mean than like on a daily basis. Right, Obse uh, obsessive mind. Yeah. Okay. So Nate, uh, it's, it's taken us Nate a long time to even get here. Dan, have to yeah. say that this is beautiful. Um, actually, 
It has. Yeah. Oh, it's it's taken us a long time on this podcast recording, and it has also has taken <laughs> us many years as friends to get to where we could have this conversation. Where you can even oh man throw a cr- critique at at one another without getting defensive. Or I kind of can't believe it. I mean, <laughs> if I if you had told me ten years ago, I mean, I would have said no way. But uh, so there's, we need a little bit of context here for this particular topic, and the to- the context is that Nate. And I were touring in a band together. We toured for seven years. Co-leading, a started band a band together. Started, we co- started a band together it. in 2002. We co-led it. Right. Nate convinced me that I was a good songwriter, which at the time was false. You were. Good. He he was already, and he was not a good no singer either yourself. at the time. But he became a good singer with his natural abilities, and I became an okay songwriter eventually. But at the time that we started, it was totally false. But our relationship started with this weird thing where Nate, you you thought you were my older brother and I thought you were my peer. And that was like the problem for the first few years, even just in the friendship before the band. You'd be like, You're so young. And I was like, fuck you. You're I'm 18 and you're 21. What are you talking about? You don't know more. And then on tour, it got much, much worse. And it was like our worst nights of tour were the times where we would just lay into each other and say everything that was wrong. Um, and I, I yeah. remember I got a lot of that from you and other people, but mostly from you early on. Like you said to me one time <laughs> after oh, like our go. third tour, you said, Dan, every band we've ever toured with hates you because you've made someone in that band hate you. (laughs) And and then you went back through the bands and you named the person from each band that hated me and that therefore had a bad taste for our band. likely not constructive, Nate. I remember telling Tim from Offset that he couldn't possibly really be a Catholic if he... thought that getting drunk was okay or some some <laughs> shit like that. I don't even know what I was thinking. Uh it was hard. It was hard because like we were equally we were yoked in a band. So whatever mm-hmm. if Mikey did anything, if he yeah. drove the trailer off a cliff, it affected everything. Or if I, you know, yeah. made a bad decision with the lawyer about something. I mean it was weird because and True. but then if we like stayed at someone's house and someone like kicked their feet up on the couch and farted too loud. It affects <laughs> every you yeah. know what I mean? It's it's like this it was this weird psychological movement of where, hey, everyone else's actions affect me all of a sudden. Weird, you know? Yeah. That was the hardest part. It's so just... it's your own it's your own identif- identity. Is like your band identity is your identity. And yeah. Here's someone yeah. going out and representing your, yourself in a way. Exactly. In a way that's, yeah. that's not the way and that, I, that you would want. I got real angry every time someone represented me. Yeah, <laughs> just, and, and just, we were too young to maybe like sort of separate that out, the band identity from the individual and identity. I and Yeah, we. I mean, I couldn't either. So, you know, like, there were diatribes from you to the rest of the whole band about, like, being good guests. And I was like, sure. you're crazy, dude. We're just like a bunch of smelly rock rock artists. And then now I've been married for six years and everything you said was totally accurate. <laughs> <laughs> like totally right, but I couldn't. He- I couldn't hear. Like I just was like, "Who cares?" Like my family doesn't care about that stuff. Or I, so I don't Jeffrey know. Whatever I thought. On a daily basis, Jeffrey has taught me how to be both a good guest and a good host. And there you, go. y- you were right about all of that. Or the people who were cussing you out about us were right. However you want to say it. 
I just wanted all to right. get on tours. That's all I wanted. I, I was know. selfish. Just want to get on some tours, man. I got to become friends with Hell Goodbye. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Don't ruin our so, chances, Dan. Yeah. No, ironically, though, you became friends with all the a lot of the people. Yes. For the let the record show, <laughs> I was the one who became friends with Reliant K, Motion City Soundtrack, <laughs> Academy Is, and Hell Goodbye. For all mm. your haters, you yeah. got some lovers. <laughs> well, yeah, but of course, then once we were there, there's people in those bands who I'm sure can't stand me. So it's not. So keep roasting me. Keep roasting. All right. So Nate. All right. Okay. Some strengths of Nate. Nate is a visionary of the first order. Ooh. Um, you feel deeply and you love deeply. Once you lock in with someone and connect, you will never let them go unless they forcibly remove themselves. If I can do a little punch and patch here, uh, more recently, you've been able to hear new ideas with relative ease and adjust your own worldview based on something bigger and more beautiful. That was really hard for you earlier in our friendship. He has noticed a change in you, Nate. Yeah. Oh, big time. Um, An old weakness that I kind of just mentioned was like your condescension toward younger people, me and the other younger band members. (laughs) But that, that seems pretty much... That seems totally gone now. I mean, I feel like you interact with me as an equal, if not even asking my advice on things that you think I know more about. So that that feels gone. I haven't felt any of that from Nate, and he's a few years older yeah, than me. I think that's gone. Yeah, you and I are the same age, Dan. So, um, if you like somebody, Nate, you make them feel like they are a family member almost instantly, and you can take someone under your wing maybe better than anybody that I know. Okay, now for Thanks. the hard <laughs> stuff. Okay, I'm gonna. I'll start with one that's related to that last. What about strength. my wiffle ball skills, man? I thought I had yeah. some good wiffle ball skills. You can one of his throw. Major strengths. You can throw any <laughs> ball into any geographic space. <laughs> that is actually that's true. Um, if you if you don't like someone, uh, and or if they are a woman, you can be very cold and kind of do the opposite of what you do when you take someone under your wing. High five, Nate. I'm not sure where the sexist (laughs) part of it comes from. Some awkwardness with women that maybe comes from viewing them primarily as objects that interact with, like, the real life of being male and having male friends. But I I know, I think I suffer from that, too, the the Christian camps, bro. Christian camps bred that in you. Just like that episode where you you had your old uh, co- co-counselor on and she was talking about the short shorts yeah yeah that's right but there there is a sense right. Nate, that that wasn't that me was though. especially strong younger that was like <laughs> the real business of being a male christian is like having good male christian friends and like women are at best a distraction and at worst like a problem yeah, yeah um, definitely we some like guys in the band would date girls that you would say you would have like five sentences to them in like six months <laughs> this is, um, might be why Nate and I get along pretty well, because that's exactly yeah. how I've always been. I just awkward mm. with girls. Yeah, grew up with brothers. Because I have like one girlfriend, and that's my wife. That's all I need. <laughs> well, I would. I want to challenge that. Like, and I want to challenge that view in general. Like, I heard once, and this is like from maybe the Liturgist podcast or something else, but where Billy Graham had like a policy where he would never meet with a woman one on one, right? As like a purity above reproach thing sure oh i think this was with rachel held evans and she said like there is unfortunately a problem with that america's most famous most beloved and one of its wisest christian leaders is never imparting any of that to other to women yeah he's only imparting that to men which perpetuates right a system so i remember talking to the 
girlfriend of one of the guys in number one fan. number one fan. I talked to the guy's yeah. girlfriend the whole warp tour. For some reason, it had to be a very specific type of girl. If she didn't, right. if she had like a chip on her shoulder, or I'm too cool for you, I was always like. But you can read a girl with a chip on her shoulder as a bitch, which would be <laughs> sure. A yeah. dura- which is a sexist sort of yeah, stereotype. It, I am right? like this is one this is one area where I haven't have preferential treatment in social settings to men. I know that, and I don't okay. like that. I don't like it. That is a flaw for sure. And it's based yeah. on it's not based on like my choice. It's based on the way I was raised and and the religious upbringing yeah. and everything. So I don't mean to turn it into me here, Nate. Continue so cool. roasting you're, Nate, Dan. You're being self-aware to, right now. I don't mean to take your criticisms away from no, you. No, and no, that's, my, that's a criticism of me, <laughs> Nate. It's not you, a normal problem that people have. You don't get to bear that burden yourself. <laughs> Sorry to take your cross, Nate. Um, okay, <laughs> Nate, a phone call with you is almost never less than 45 minutes. Oh, my gosh. That tends, but that tends not to be because you're asking me about myself for 45 minutes. Yeah, it's more because you need me there to process through something, sometimes very slowly. Yeah. But often you'll set the agenda yeah. for that long phone call, which is not to say that you don't care about what I think or what's going on with me. I, I want to note here that I have the same problem and it was basically the exact thing that my that my friends yeah, were yeah. roasting me about but it's like talking with someone for a long time does not mean that you care about them quantity is not quality although yeah, yeah. i will say that that it's not like exhaustively true of you like you have these you your favorite thing in the entire world nate is like to stay up till 4 a.m with someone around a campfire hear their deepest stories and tell your deepest stories and then they're in your like quiver for the rest of your life. I know that it, that is like the <laughs> supreme joy of your life. So I'm not talking about that, which I think is great. I'm more talking about like, you know, when I decided to do the record with you, the last Sherwood record, I I was sort of like the new Sherwood the record, record that's the, coming out right. in June. We'll yeah. just talk we about that. We already finished. We already finished it, but so <laughs> it's done in my mind. Yeah. But the one that's coming out, I was like. Okay, I gotta know how many hours I'm gonna needlessly spend on the phone talking him through things that I don't need to be there for. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that he can talk through with someone else. Mate, or I don't know, like, like uh, I don't know nobody? how blunt I've been, but like, so, like I'm a point it and go, and Nate is like a hang on, I got one more thing, and yeah. so like, yeah. we'll talk about the things we need to do, and I'll get an idea, and I'll be like, I have to do this now, or I'll forget. And then Nate will be like, yeah, so anyways, so one more thing was I was thinking about this completely different topic. I was wondering <laughs> about blah, blah, And I'm just like, it's, it's bringing, like, I feel the rage boiling over because I just don't have the patience. But it's, Nate, you've been teaching yeah. me a lot of patience. I will say that. Like, trying That's to be. That's not a compliment. No, but it's, but it's, actually, <laughs> it's good for me because I just, I don't sit and, but it's, but it's also like when we do um, interviews and stuff. Like, I'm always trying to wrap it up. I don't know if our listeners have heard this, where I'm like, okay, that's enough. We've got an hour and a half of stuff we need to edit. Here <laughs> so we I go. Don't, and it's like, I don't know if thing. this is like a, maybe these aren't hitting me that hard because I already know, like, I do these things. Yeah. Like, I was thinking about that the other day. Like, I was like, yeah, I, I, I wonder what the other person's thinking and feeling when I give them a phone call because I tend to kind of get going. And then I'm like, oh, shit, it's been 35 <laughs> minutes. And I don't even think I've asked a question, you know? <laughs> Damn. Yep. It feels. I like so, it, Nate. We wouldn't start. We wouldn't have started this podcast if it wasn't for you. But yeah, calling. Matt, you tend to like it. Dan tends to catalog it. So <laughs> I catalog. I catalog it. Yeah. Okay. Like, oh, so that's Nate's one. on the run. I'm gonna go to the bathroom, set the phone down, come back. 
Um, okay, I got two <laughs> okay. more for you, Nate. And, and you suffer from, I would say, continuing pretty great insecurity about your musical abilities, hmm. despite uh, pretty abundant evidence that, like, you have something that people really relate to emotionally. And so I don't hmm. know if that's because you think you're supposed to also have these other skills in conjunction with that and you don't have them or yeah, what. So. But, like, you have great insecurity about, like, being a lead singer or a songwriter or whatever. And I just think that, like... That kind of rules you sometimes. And a lot of the decisions that the band made in the past and probably fewer of the decisions that we make now were based on that. Like you had a strong enough insecurity that like the rest of us had to kind of work around that in how we talked about solving problems was like, well, Nate will never go for that because he's too insecure. So that's not on the table. So what options are on the table? It's funny. We're talking about um, the ego and the self here. That's the ego hmm. is the categorizing. I'm not this way. That's not me. I'm like this. And it's just sort of reinforcing an identity. Um, so like what I hear is Dan saying, Nate, you you actually are a singer and you're a good singer. And you've even done like, yeah, yeah. you know, a solo project and you can put things together that sound good. You're good at that. You're creative. But you would say, I'm not really that. And I'm not really because I'm not. I'm not like those people who do, do those things. I'm not that. And that's kind of like yeah. a categorizing of, you know, it's a lim it's a limiting so that you don't get um it's easy to say that because then people can't criticize you for being a songwriter because then you're not in your mind, right. you know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you are maybe I, you yeah. are and you have the skills to be and you know, like that's the self is just being like it is what it is, you know, like I accept I'm aware of that ability in me, and I don't have to categorize it as lesser or not there or whatever. So anyway, sorry, mm. sorry to cut in, but cool. Matt, I mean, stop can... taking Nate's crosses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here to build you up, but I could say one way you could think about it, Nate, is you could say I'm a I'm a natural singer and I'm a collaborative songwriter because you right, cool. do do your best work in collaboration with me or other friends of ours or of yours who write. And like that's fine. Just because Sorry, I, you you couldn't write like a quartet, you couldn't arrange a piece for a quartet. That's a skill that other people have that you don't have. Doesn't mean that you can't be working with a song and say this doesn't connect with me. No one's gonna connect with this. It needs to be this. It needs to be saying this, and then sure. take a song sure. and make it better. You know what I mean? Like that's songwriting. <laughs> In Nashville, I learned like there were people in the room that just like worked on how to like group lyrics together. They didn't right. even necessarily even write like them. Poets. They just grouped. They just grouped the words. They couldn't sing. They couldn't write a song. They didn't know any notes. They just grouped words. Right. And I was Copywriters. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, right. I do have a skill, I guess. <laughs> well, when it's comparative, the, yeah. it's yeah. ego is always comparative, right? So it's like compared to them, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. this, and so like I can sit there, you know, and I've written a bunch of records and. 
I can look at Dan and be like, well, I'm not like this. Dan's like that, and I'm not like this. And it's just sort of like <laughs> divisive thing, which really isn't helpful for me to limit myself, for one, to be being no. over here categorized as this type of songwriter. I should be trying to do what he's doing, and he should be trying to do what I'm doing because then we'll just everyone will get better. You know, like what yeah. stop yeah. with the labeling. That's what the ego wants. It's really hard, yeah. I mean, especially in bands, because you know, you're, you're some guy in the band gets a lot of the attention, other guys get less. Uh, songwriting credits, money comes in different ways. It's just it kind of starts out on that road, and then you just kind of continue it. You right. keep building it. But I will say, yeah. just to bring it back to to uh, self awareness, if we were all wearing heart monitors as we were getting blasted, <laughs> and you could visually see how how the heartbeats are going up, I would say, Dan, if you said all that to me and when I was 25 years old, my heart would have been just crazy. <laughs> the rage. You and, wouldn't have talked to me for a week if I had yeah. said this to you when you were 25. But now, Nate, like, and what's the difference? You, I don't. You I don't know if my heart even really went up at all. I'm just like, yeah, I'm a, ch- I'm a chone most of the time. So, <laughs> classic term too, chone. Classic Nateism, <laughs> but, chone but, figgins. But what happened between then and now? I don't know. I, and what happened is just growing up, maturity, like accepting it, Life. going to counseling, yeah. getting hit in the face with a football. What is it? Sorry, not to bring this whole like Richard Rohr thing back in. You know, yeah. it's like the three boxes for life. There's three boxes on the table. You have order, disorder, reorder. And Nate, I feel like you're in the reorder box now. And before you were in order, which is like defend the construct, defend the identity. It's really ego based. And you've been through in the last like six to eight years certain amount of disorder so that you can end and you know as richard Rohr says there's no fast pass from the first box to the third it always goes goes through disorder so i say life mm. the, the longer you live the more disorder you experience so that you can arrive into the reorder box and be like you know what i don't have to defend my identity as much and i can i yeah, can agree yeah. with it and it's freeing to agree with some level of hmm. criticism so sorry i like it so i think from here now just to bring this back to the listener, how do we get other people to be self-aware? What are some steps we can go through now that we've kind of been blasted ourselves? <laughs> like like Dan saying, look, this one friend came to me and said, you didn't do anything. I told you all this junk two years ago, and you didn't do anything with it. So how do we keep ourselves from – and you said – and then one friend said you did. Right. So I'm trying to also, figure out – Also, actually, okay. there's something interesting there too. The person who – initially told me the criticism basically said i can't be friends with you wow i i know that i can't get past this um i'm sorry i think you are a good guy in some ways but like this it ended up kind of being his like farewell but here's something for you to chew on right and then the two people with who the two friends with whom i went to the conference have stuck with me right and it, there's also a difference there. And I don't even blame the guy who criticized me. I, we had a lot of differences. Right. This was not the only one. But it, there is a difference between, like, here's how you're messed up, and I'm going to stick around. Yeah. Or here's how you're messed up, and, like, this is not resolvable. Right. Which sometimes that might be true, and, and both maybe are, it's good to know yeah, that. Both are, both are valuable yeah. positions, I think. You know, sometimes yeah. you do lose friendships because of the way that we are and behave, and that's... Oh, that's a good lesson to learn, you know. Like you got to go through that level of disorder to get to. I've the done that stuff. once. Yeah, I know I, you have. I, it's hard for me to do that. I like, and it's funny because if I lived in Seattle, I probably would hang out with you two the most, and you 
you probably would roast me the most, but I would come back the most. Isn't that weird? <laughs> it's the honesty. Like, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Is like Dan and I have been through like hellfire and back again, and here we are talking casually. Well, the, so the yeah. that's interesting. The need to be known kind of supersedes everything, and I think self awareness is really knowing yourself and. How better can you do that than with friends who know you to shine a mirror and say, this is the way I see you. If it's constructive in loving, then you have to go, I guess that's the way I am. I guess that's the way I behave. And that's what a, that's what a marriage is. That's what a wife does, right? She, sh- she shines that mirror up at you like, you know, every day. And it, that's the refining that happens over time. It's not like, you know, I kind of grew up thinking that you could just change whenever you wanted and you could do a 180 and you could go that, but Dan, I would say like two years ago, the refining, uh, two years in, in, in a lifetime is not that much. And it, it's like the refining True. by the fire. It's the kind of the constant um, being vulnerable, listening to your loved ones, listening to criticism, trying to respond to that, failing. Often failing is what teaches us. So, you know, just you having that conversation with your friends two years later and one goes, I don't really see a big change is a good thing because it just means there's more work right. to do. Right. Like there's more self I'm trying to think of it, trying to think of it as a good thing. Yeah. Coming back to that. How do we not come back and say, well, you know, you knew all this stuff about yourself, but you didn't do anything with it. Right. Like, how do we do something with it? Or do we have to just go to counseling the rest of our lives? <laughs> do we have to just. Well, what I mean, that's what I'm wondering. now is we're talking about virtue and character now. I right. Mean, the question is, how do you change your character? How do you become more virtuous? And there, it's not like there are no answers to that. There are some pretty time-tested answers to that. Right. I mean, in the Christian tradition, the classic answer to that question is spiritual discipline. Right. You change your character by the special disciplines of like meditation, prayer, fasting, uh, celebration, and then on a weekly or daily for some people, you change yourself through the liturgies that you go through. Right. You know, like... Tradition, patterns. Yeah, confession, receiving sure. of grace, sure. taking the Eucharist. Right. Um, These are all very Catholic your sin to people. liturgies. Well, they're exactly. actually Christian. Yeah, I, I mean, they're they're in everything <laughs> except basically the evangelical church and like right. Anabapt- Anabaptist and some Pentecostal traditions. Well, the but, evangelicals would say re- reading your Bible, prayer... Supplication, yeah. but fellowship. I obviously I'm letting you know uh, anybody who's heard me on like bad Christian knows um, my cards, but I'm not really I'm not uh, taken in by that in terms of actually what Nate's talking about, which is how do you make a lasting change? So, but uh, I one example comes to mind, Nate. Uh, although I really do think we also should not forget to talk about doing the hard thing of going to somebody that you love right. who can hear criticism. I mean, that, that, that's really hard to right. do to initiate that. It's, it's hard um, to, to hear the criticism. It's also hard to deliver, to deliver it. It's much easier just to go, yeah. ah, you know, whatever they'll sort it out. And I, I don't really want to get my hands dirty with that close yeah. friend of mine. So <laughs> every night during the conference, we would go out and get beers and, it like seemed like every night we would kind of come back to these conversations late in the evening. One night I was going to sleep after a, a particularly rough conversation, and I was remember something rem- remembering something that my therapist has encouraged me to do, which is when I have a negative feeling to not try and escape from it, hmm. but to sit with it. That term sit with is kind of vague, but it became concrete to me 
as concrete as meditation can be. So I don't know if that's really concrete, but I was laying there and I was like, oh, this feels exactly the same as like centering prayer. Right. Or me- or meditation where, you know, like if you're meditating and you, you the mind drifts and you, you gently bring the mind back sure. to either your body, your breathing, right. or to the scripture verse that you're repeating or to the the phrase you're repeating, if you're repeating like a, you know, be still and know that I'm God, or if you're repeating a Jesus prayer or something, right. it felt exactly like that movement. The movement in meditation of like bringing back my focus. Yeah. I, I was trying to do this half drunk at three in the morning, <laughs> East Coast time. But I was trying to do this of like, I, I have been feeling pain and now I've, I'm distracted and I'm thinking about the podcast I want to start, and I need to bring it back and feel the pain. Yeah. I w- I'm getting distracted. I'm thinking about the speakers tomorrow. Bring it back. Feel the pain. Huh. That I had never put that together, um, and it took this sort of hmm. unfortunate hmm. circumstance. So I don't. that's one example. Meditation is one of the disciplines. It's one way to build character, Whoa. but I linked them together, the- and it felt like really real. I think self-awareness, too, is, is yeah. just having a clear perception of you. And strengths, weaknesses, thoughts, beliefs, motivations, emotions, whatever. But how you have self-awareness is is so closely tied to whatever contemplative practice. Now, I don't mean that it necessarily has to be relig- religious or specifically religious. Sure, um, sure. It's just there's a therapeutic aspect of sitting in silence, focusing on your breathing, yeah. going into yourself, letting your thoughts float by as if on a river. And not judging, not analyzing, not using that part of your brain, that allows you to see, to really see, to know, you know, yeah. a, a different kind of knowing, so to speak. Well, so, I was gonna say, I was gonna say that, like, I, I think when Dan, you told me that when I was twenty-five or twenty-six or whatever, I just got to this. I just had this feeling of like, I actually want to be happy in my life. You know what I mean? And, and self-awareness is such a big part of it. Like. Yeah. Do you actually want to experience presence with people? Do you actually want to experience peace, kindness? You know, all these things. It was like if I kept trying to manipulate and control every outcome, I was just miserable. Right. And then yeah. I started going to counseling when I went to Nashville, and I was like, I would leave these sessions, and it honestly felt like I could float out of my car and float away. You went external, like, man. Wow. I would drive home from Franklin, <laughs> yeah, and I would just be floating, and I just like, this is the best feeling I've ever had in decades. Wow. sure. Like, just dropping all those years of just tight, clinched, white knuckled. I can't be wrong. Right. To yeah, I'm I'm wrong all the time. It's great <laughs> all to be wrong. the time. It's great to be wrong. <laughs> well, and I, it felt great to say it. You know, like <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, oh. right. It's cathartic, Matt. You, I, it's interesting to talk about how we're not just talking about religion here, and I think that that's totally true. I mean, I come from, I I'm a Christian and a Christian heritage and was raised in one you're catholic dan just say it i'm not i'm not this is one of your criticisms you're not self-aware to realize you're catholic (laughs) Catholic. yeah i don't think you haven't officially um, been accepted to the church yet but you're there in spirit (laughs) yeah dad time will tell but uh one thing that i i feel is true and this this comes from this guy james k.a smith who actually teaches at calvin where the festival was but this is from a book that a, a friend recommended to me but liturgies are basically like rituals that we enact over and over again. Right. But liturgies are in themselves not necessarily spiritual. Right. The example he gives that I think is amazing is like the American mall. Right. You walk into the mall 
and it is a monument to capitalism. <laughs> how great you can be if you can afford these things and how easy your life will be and how attractive the people will be that surround you. Right. When you've done so, and you walk, mm. and there's and there's rituals. You take a break in the middle of shopping to go to the food court, and there's maybe there's a good ritual in that. You mm. talk with your friend and you ask them about what's going it's on. Like the journey to Mecca has been replaced with the journey to the mall. So when we ask ourselves, how do we take the criticism and change? Sure. What we have to ask ourselves is, what do I do on a regular, daily, yeah. weekly basis, and what does it tell me? Right is true. So if, for instance, someone tells me, Dan, um, you, you're, you're kind of selfish with your time and your resources. And then I go, oh man, that's true. I am. And then I just like binge watch television with all my free time. And I never, <laughs> and I never call someone up or I never, um, you know what I mean? Or I, right. I, I continue to go out to the most expensive meal I can afford on my budget. I never consider, uh, sharing that money with the less fortunate. I'm just going to keep ingraining yeah. those problems, the things I do daily. So and you're weekly. talking about practice and patterns that you commit to in your life. Right. That yeah. force you to interact with that awareness of yourself. Yeah. And it's not spiritual at all. Think of a tennis player. Sure. Like no one becomes a pro tennis player just because like they're just that good it's naturally and they practice. just do it. It's just basic practice. It's practice. You got to go to thing. So, so self-awareness, you have to almost go out of your way, set up situations that are going to force you to be more and more self-aware. Well, Nate, we talked about this with um, when like, we had your sister on the podcast, the practice of presence and how it can start with simple gratitude when you just take 10 minutes out of your morning to make a list of five things you're grateful for and just think about them. Mm. Just let them sit yeah. And, yeah. and imprint on your mind how that changes your day, how that changes your whole out- outlook from from maybe scarcity where there's never enough time or, or money to there is enough. I have enough. I, I kind of want to just like get a little nerdy. The whole point of like us getting roasted was to kind of maybe solve some of these issues. So I want to talk about the fear of women thing. The Nate, you were so, oh, yeah. maybe it was because I was hurt by women. I really like them. I really want their attention, but you know, I've been hurt so many times by girls I've liked or whatever. So really what it came down to is I really wanted to be, uh, it's maybe, gotta be like the sexist upbringing too. Like women have a role. Oh, I think Dan's more saying there's a specific type of girl that you don't like to give any attention. That's me too. Any time of me day. Too. It's a superficial, are, um, materialistic type if, of American girl that I can't stand. I'm 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 making the opposite criticism of Nate. I'm saying Nate, you often had a hard time with the accomplished and articulate women who would come around. And you wouldn't treat them with much attention for a long time until you were like totally sure that if one of us was dating them or friends with them, like until you were totally sure, okay, they're going to be here. I'm trying to figure out if that's a sexist thing or like a personality thing. It's hard. It's right. hard too. There were a lot of people on tour that would just show up, and I just didn't have the energy for it. Yeah, everybody. and also girls yeah, came in. Right. You know, like when you're in a band full of dudes, they had girlfriends, right? And they came and went. And we we've all been in that situation where our friend brings home the girlfriend, our bandmate, and he, they're all in love. And so we really embrace this girl, and then they break up a month later. And then she's yeah. out of our lives. So it's sort of like a defense mechanism. Like I'm not going to accept yeah. you as part of our life. Because you're temp, you could be temporary until there's a ring on that or something, you know. Like, what maybe what I'm trying to say is, it stems from some kind of good thing. Like, I really want to include them. I really want to talk desire. to them. I really, 
Yeah. But because I've gotten once I get attached, like he said, or 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 they're not going to accept me. Or, Nate has a very strong inner out quality. I think I'm there too, Nate. Where it's like once someone's in, though, they're like in, like you're loyal. Yeah. You know. Um, but it, t- yeah. but yeah. it's a higher bar for entry than than most. And I think that's probably okay. But it's just being aware of that is good too. Helpful. <laughs> You have different kinds of neighbors, right? You have the neighbor that lives next door to you, which call that the people who are in your group. And then you have the traveler, you know, who's coming through. Right. And you got to love them both. And it's different. Sure. But so, you know, if you're already pretty good at loving the next door neighbor, like you guys are and like my wife is, then your focus should be loving the person who's only in your life for a minute. How How do they see that you care about them? Right. If you're like me and you're really good at caring for the person who just shows up for the night and happens to be funny, I can make that guy feel like a king, but I don't do as good of a job with my best friends who I don't ask about their lives, right? <laughs> so that's where my emphasis needs to go. Sure. It's well, hard I mean, for, it's hard for Christian men too because there is there is like times I can remember thinking about like working at a summer camp with 50 college girls. There were specific girls I didn't want to communicate with because they were either boring christian girls we used to call it the bcgc's bcgc's oh gosh <laughs> that was boring christian girls club that was a, yeah. christian girls club yeah i remember those we called the bcgc's oh, you like the wild christian girls huh or no i mean or they were just like gossipers right so i grew up thinking women gossip or they're boring right and that was my two Bad well, there things, you are, not there realizing you are in that... your ego categorizing them. Girls are one of two things. <laughs> Nate, I left off the biggest criticism ever. Oh. You're either or thinking. Drop it at the end. Uh, yeah. Either or, that's dualistic. Yeah, drop it oh, in dude, there, I'm, Nate. I feel like Nate's a There's two so... kinds of people in the world. That you, you, your two like kinds of the people talk has gotten, like, you've exhausted all the normal categories, yeah. so... You'll not. You just freestyle with there's it. Like we'll be like a bonfire, and then there's with you and people. Yeah, it's like <laughs> you're like. There's two kinds of people in the world, guys. There's like the girl. <laughs> there's like the girl that you see her, and you want to know what movie she just came from. And then there's everybody else. You know what I'm saying? You, you've gone so far. Like your categories, your either or categories are now so it's obscure so, because you've used wait, all the normal ones Wait, I still do this? Up. Do you do it more playfully now? It's more playfully, But like, yeah. oh, dude, it's your, it's my, it's like the Nate Henry it's bonfire. Not a need, it's not a need. You know, he doesn't need to categorize people. It's just now it's just more fun. Maybe I don't know. It, I do think it's we, <laughs> you could consider it yeah. if it's a real problem. But you do like to put people into one of two categories. I do that too. But I think that is changing. I think you're realizing that. But that was maybe even at the core of a lot of a lot of our problems. Yeah. Because you would say it's either this way or that way, and I would go, "What? No, there's there's a third six way. options." Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I've and I've also learned that my personality it's 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 harder to make friends with me. If we didn't go through the fire, we didn't go through like the young adult life together. You know what I mean. Right. So all yeah. these things that that made for really strong friendships now have kind of screwed me, because now I don't know how to make friendships at this point in my life, thirty five, because I don't know how to come out guns. Bl- People don't want to come out guns blazing in their mid thirties. Right. They just don't. Hmm. So what do you what do you do? So I'm realizing like if I actually want some good friendships to happen at this point in my life, I'm going to have to change. I'm going to have to really grow become a better person so be self-aware there is some and that 
led to self-awareness <laughs> episode. I was thinking this. I'm glad you kind of got back to practical. I, I was kind of thinking maybe you guys can add to this, but basic thinking is like step one, ask some people who really know you and love you what your yeah, biggest yeah, weaknesses yeah. are. And then step two, take some time, absorb those, sit with them for a while, and then consider what types of regular actions would produce the opposite characteristic in you. Sure. And I don't think that that's spiritual mumble jumble. I mean, no, that's no, no. like, yeah, that's pretty straightforward, you don't, right? You don't have to well, be I a, think, uh, a contemplative Catholic mystic to do that. Let's just say there's a 24-year-old kid listening to this podcast. He just moved out a couple years ago. He's getting in some fights with his roommates, right? Mm-hmm. Everything you feel that you hate about your roommates, they feel about you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? They yeah. go, you always do this. You always do that. <laughs> Equally as <is> justified. <laughs> and so you have to go, it's okay. Like, I do these things too. And I think that for the long time, I thought, you're the only one who has these problems. Yeah. Your ability to see it in the other people is a dead giveaway. You got a laundry list a mile long, right? Right. Because I, fe- I, I feel like this is more organic than just... Here's a list of things that you can do to get better, you know, um, self-help steps. I think it's more organic than that. I think you have to look at your life and go, where, where is it that I'm lacking right now? Like when I spend three you kinda hours You kind of got to want, you got to kind of want it. You got to want it you know and then you got to commit it. You got to do it. Right. You got to like, want it. Like if someone it. said, full circle, Nate, back to our <laughs> beginning of our friendship, the, the most quoted Nateism was, you got to want it. You got to want it. You guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, the best yeah, one was right? the best one about women was flying high, flying free, flying um, high, flying free. Oh, we had gosh, this, dude. We had this uh, goodwill find a giant eagle painting on our wall in our college apartment, and it had this, and it just said flying high, flying free. And then someone <laughs> added Velcro phrases on the eagle as women, as men would fall to girls throughout the school year. Yeah. So. One was falling hard, falling fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. But I had a poor roommate that would every time he would like a girl, he would he would get stomach sickness, he would get real anxiety, and he would throw up. So we had this thing we stuck up for him, which was just Fig Newtons coming out of the eagle's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> because it was like there was nothing to describe oh, no. it he's just throwing up constantly it was so unsensitive of me to put those fig <laughs> newtons on the eagle i can't even think about it <laughs> to come back to it all where were we we were talking about practical Practices, steps yeah. the 24 year old yeah you gotta want it you gotta sit down and say if someone came to you and said hey here's a pass you get 10 free counseling sessions are you gonna take them sure. or are you gonna say fuck you right. i don't need counseling <laughs> yeah. i don't right I don't need your help. So if you're going to... You don't know me. You know I mean? think you're. I think if, if someone ever... Here's a good litmus test. If your response to someone, a friend who loves you, asking if you've ever considered counseling is, hell no, I don't need counseling. That is a great test to prove that you need counseling. I, I love counseling. I'm a huge fan of counseling. So, Which is really hard to do in your mid-20s. I, I don't know if it's an age thing, but I think the earlier you can get a head start... If you're like 23 and you got you're just constantly in fights, like take it from me. Don't wait till you're 30 like I did. Get in there. Yep. Start talking about this stuff cuz it takes a long time to work out this junk in our lives, right? Like I wish I would have started this way before Sherwood started cuz I think we would have had a way better experience <laughs> on the road. <laughs> but part of it's yeah, youth. Yeah, we were just I don't too know. young, man. But that's part yeah. of it. I mean, like you might have realized some of the things you've realized in your 30s in your 50s had you just gone about normal life. Like the thing is the, the experience that you have, everything belongs in that sense. 
it's shaped you in a way that's super positive. As difficult as it was, even more so, it's shaped you. On a scale of 1 to 10, Dan, we can all ask each other this question. On a scale of 1 to 10, how self-aware are you? Oh, gosh. Uh, if you say 10, of, you're not. <laughs> no, with the help of a few of my friends, with the help of a few of my friends, I, I, I like maybe getting up towards a three, I would say. At <laughs> level three. I was going to say I was yeah, a five. A 10. Now that makes me feel. The yeah. question we should have asked is the other person, okay, on a scale of one to 10, Matt, how self-aware is Dan? Uh, <laughs> that's the question. I would say Dan's a five. How, how self-aware is Matt, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> the second you address it's, your self-awareness with a linear uh, metric is the second it's not self-awareness anymore. <laughs> a scale of one to ten, how transcendent is your life? Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, and I think that like this, every the all the wisest people that I've ever read or met, oh, absolutely, seem to agree that like the more they learn, the the, the more less they, they know, know yeah. how much they don't know. Right. So right. if anything. You want to go like you when you're like a teenager, you're like, oh, I'm a nine out of 10. Like, I know everything. Yeah. So maybe the goal is to. I think I was 19. Get down to when a I was 19, one. I was 10 out of 10 for sure. Yeah. I knew when I there's was this, yeah, exactly. You want to get down to a one by the end of your life. Yeah. It's like Benjamin Button. And then, you're a, and then you're a zero at the end. Yeah. You're just like, I don't. There's so much self. The self is so big. Maybe we can reconvene in like two years and we can tell each other how we're doing. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Appreciate you coming on and uh, sharing with us and uh, and roasting us. It's been uh, it's been enlightening. Thank you for your guys' thoughts. That was a really good conversation. All right, we'll uh, we'll talk soon. <laughs> okay, bye. bye.